This episode of Las Chicas del Crime contains explicit content not suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Hola, you're listening to Las Chicas del Crime, a podcast where tres amigas sit down and talk all things true crime for Hispanic and American crimes. Ooh, we're all here. Las Chicas. So welcome to our podcast, guys. I'm Kat. I'm Jen. (laughs) And I'm Osa. I promise by the time we're like on episode a thousand, we'll have this together. Oh, for sure. A thousand. Mark our words. Uh, Redo? We we, we must do redo? I forgot I'm after Osa. (laughs) Oh my god. So. Okay. Um, I have to say we're very excited to finally have our podcast going, and we've recorded some content that we're finally going to be able to put out for all of you guys. Um, as soon as someone, I'm not pointing <laughs> no fingers, aka me, um, gets the editing together because... So by the time you hear this, just know that she got it together, (laughs) and we figured (laughs) it out, and you'll be listening to our great, great cases. Yes. Um, We definitely want to give a shout out, though, to everyone who has already gone on our social media, mainly IG, um, and followed us. You guys are the real MVPs, and we appreciate that. Um, Also, is going to shout out, who was the first person you said follow us because she was your friend? Oh, her name is Mandy. Shout out to you, Mandy. Shout out to Mandy. Yes, shout out. She was like, as soon as I posted it, I'm sorry, as soon as I posted it, for one or other reason, like, I clicked on the actual page, and she was already following it. I was like, oh, Mandy, thank you. Yes, girl, thank you. And then we have to give a special shout out to my brother, Jose, because he's the only guy who's following us on IG, so shout out to you, bro. Shout, Shout out, out to the brother. <laughs> he is the real MVP. MVP. Um, I got a little beef. A little beef. What's that? With, with my own pretty oh. much brother, <laughs> aka Jen's husband, not yep. pulling us on anything. Like, bro. He's, where, man, that's he's, that's your best friend there. That's your best nah, friend. Nah, it's okay. I, once this pandemic is over... I'm going to go see him, or well, you guys are going to come over here and see me, and I'm going to be like, y'all, my God, right. let me see that phone. Yes, and for context, <laughs> for context to our listeners, we don't live in the same city. Well, I don't live in the same city as Osa and Kat. I live in Orlando, and they live in Tampa. So yeah. that's uh, why we're talking about going Which to see is, each other. It's just a quick drive on I-4, but you yeah, know. Yeah, much. A quick much. drive depending on the day. <laughs> You're right. The day That's and true. time. And time, yes. Gee, Louise, you could be there for 45 minutes from here to Orlando, or you could be there for two hours from here to nah, Orlando. But it so... took me four hours once. Oh, I'm not even oh exaggerating. Oh, my God. Four. Four. Wow. Four, yeah. You know what's mm-hmm. crazy? The other day, right before this pandemic, like, the, right before this pandemic uh, started, it, we went out. I went out with uh, C... James' sister, and I texted oh, yeah. her. I was like, "Hey, are you on your way?" And she was like, "No, 
oh no something like that she was just like i'm leaving pretty much like i'm on my way now and i was like okay and i knew she wasn't on her way like i knew like what's the odds that as soon as i texted you're leaving so i was like she's probably doing something with you know no problem bro i literally took a shower started my hair and she was here already oh and i was like okay speedy fucking gonzalez <laughs> and she was like jeez I do drive a little fast. And I'm like, yeah, you just broke your brother's record because he has never. And that man drives fast. Yeah, he, he does. never fucking made it to Orlando or Tampa in her time. So mm-hmm. I'm going to have to tell him just so he could try to beat it. I'm just kidding. Um, not while he's <laughs> no. driving me and yeah. Elias. Yeah, let me not because he is going to try to beat it. And yeah. fucking. We don't need them problems. Mm-hmm. We do not. No, sir. Right. Well, um, we want to get started because I'm definitely ready to tell this case. Oh, yes, we, we, we know. To it. And, <laughs> okay, so, okay, Elsa, I got it. We were, <laughs> I, I, Kat, was supposed to have my shit together by Friday, and I decided, you know, it's not quality ready when I'm ready to, from what I want to give to everyone, but now it is. So now I'm bursting. But we respect excitement. that. You know, we respect that. We want good content. So, you we know, want good content. We and support listen, each other. By the for. time, by the time this is actually going to make it out to all of you guys, there's going to be little things that we're going to be posting on IG that's going to give you out clues for you mm-hmm. to try to figure out mm-hmm. what the case is about. Yes. To, you know, make it a little bit more exciting. So the girls are going to be looking at these as I talk about it, but you guys are going to see them. When the case is actually out, you know. So, um, somos las chicas del crime. Yes, that is who we are. Aquí vamos. Let's go. So, to begin, it's really funny. The this case is about an eleven. It's not funny. Okay, let me go back because I said it was funny. What's funny is that the child's name is Luis Santiago Lozano. So I thought that was really like a little quinky name because my last name is Lozano and Jen's man who we were just talking about. uh, His last name Santiago. Thank you. Thank you. I got stuck for a second. (laughs) (laughs) You know what's funny? This is like the second case that we do that we kind of have like the little, Mm -hmm. you know, little thing with the case. I like it. Me too. and I didn't even know, like, I didn't even pick the case because of that. Because as I was doing the research, they only would refer to the baby as Luis Santiago, Luis Santiago. But later in my research, I realized that his last name was Lozano. And I was like, wow. After that okay. extra weekend of research. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, this case is in Colombia. And it happened in well, really quick. I'm sorry, I have to give my little res- my little sources. Uh, I got my information from El Tiempo, which is the newspaper in Colombia. I got it from um, this episode of El Rastro from El, Carac- El Caracol, which is a Colombian uh, news channel. That's funny. I've and then... that before. <laughs> you kind of know Caracol, whether you're Colombian or not, a little bit, just from yeah, that, you if know. you're Hispanic. Right. And then, of course, good almighty Wikipedia. Um, so uh, the city where this case happened is a city called Chia, which is a little bit north of Bogota. 
And of course, girls, if you go on the dock, <laughs> I have to put a picture of that just because I'm extra. I'm there are coordinates. There <laughs> are coordinates on here, guys. So you see uh, Chia is a little bit north of Bogota, which Bogota is the capital of Colombia. Um, Chia. Well, I kind of don't see it. It's above the little like blue yeah. balloon thingy majig. It says Chia. It's the top of the picture. Yeah. Oh, on the second one. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see the whole map and then I see the second one. Great, 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 great. Mm-hmm. So, Chia is a little town in the Departamento of Cundinamarca. Um, and it has a population of about 138,000 people. The mm-hmm. town is nicknamed Moontown, which is very fitting because Chia in the Chipcha indigenous tongue means Luna. So, Luna means moon, moon town. It's just, I love it already. You know, like, I love it. I'm with it. I'm with it. Um, then another important fact that would come into play later is Chia sits at an elevation of 8,400 feet up in, you know, above sea level, which comparing that to Tampa, Tampa sits at 48 feet. So you can imagine just the difference of elevation from what we have here to what those mountain ranges in Colombia give you. Mm-hmm. Um, Jen, I put Orlando here for you. Orlando sits at 85 feet. So, but okay. So, so what does that do? Little... I'm sorry. Like it being higher, is it like colder? Correct. Yeah. Thank okay. you. That is the sole reason why I gave that little fun fact because later mm. it's going to come into play. Look at this. Oh, I can see it. Already connected coming that. together. I can see Navier, it. Navier. And me with my little, you know, science. <laughs> Inspector Osa. Yeah. Because I really was like, so it's above. What does that mean? And I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. maybe it's a little cool, you know? Got it. Yeah. Yeah. Because Colombia, <laughs> like, for example, I'm from Cali, and Cali sits in the middle of two mountain ranges, and we only sit at about 3,300 feet. So it's a little more, it's hotter, obviously, than when you start going up La Lomas, and mm-hmm. it gets colder and colder in this case. Chia, it's at 8,400, which is really up there. Yeah. So now we can dive into the case. Let's do it. Go, let's go. So um, Luis Santiago's parents were Orlando Pelayo, who was 55 year old. Uh, he was a taxi cab driver. And Yvonne Lozano, who was a 25 year old flower field worker. Hmm. They did it for about five years, even though her family didn't approve because he was married and he had another family. Oh, dang. I was about to say, yeah. well, does your family ever approve? But nah, this shit's bonkers. Never mind. Yeah. Never got reasons. Was, we got reasons. Right. It was not the age difference. It was the second familia type. Mm-hmm. Then early 2007, lo and behold, Yvonne gets pregnant. And what does Pelayo do? He completely ghosts her and just leaves her out in the cold by herself. She has to go through her entire pregnancy by herself, like going to sonograms and just the emotional part of being a mother by yourself or being a pregnant person by yourself. Late October 2007, Luis Santiago is born. And for the first couple of months, Yvonne's still doing the single parent thing. Like, she's killing it, you know? She's like, I don't need no one. Um, 
December 2007, Pelayo shows up and says that now he wants to be a father. So he tells Yvonne that he wants to be around more. And he, right, like now you want to come around. Mm -hmm. Okay. Ahora le So they get into this pattern of like normalness, you know, air quotes. Pelayo picks her up at home in the morning with the baby. They drop the baby off at uh, Abuelita's house. And then at the end of the day, they pick the baby back up. Pelayo drops them off back at the house. And that's their everyday routine that goes on for a whole nine months. So according wow. to him, being in the kid's life is picking him up and dropping him off. Okay. Yeah. In a way, just being like a physically there. And if Father you go, if you go down on the drive, you can see the pictures of Luis Santiago. Oh my oh, God, he was cute. so cute. Oh, he is so cute. Yeah. The little, my favorite writer when he's smiling with his two little teeth. Oh, oh my, he is the my cutest. He looks like he could be a little doll. Yeah. Oh, I know. Look, Carita. So that's oh. Yvonne holding him and then right below that's Orlando Pelayo. Okay. He looks like a piece of mm-hmm. poop. I mean, yeah. he has two wives. What can you expect from well, a yeah, cheetah? I mean, facts. So then, after this has been going on for nine months, it's now September 24th, 2008. Pelayo, like any other day, drops the, drops Yvonne and Luis off at the house at the end of the night. She watches a little bit of TV, uh, feeds the baby some soup, and then she puts them to sleep shortly thereafter. A little after 8 o'clock, Yvonne, she's already in bed, and she's woken up by the sound of someone breaking in her house. This is where her worst nightmare begins. A male intruder comes busting into her bedroom and attacks her immediately. She fights back, though, and she's like, in, in this part, while I was doing research, trying to translate, and also, you mentioned this in your, that the case was recorded already, and it was, it's a little hard, guys, because I'm, we were doing all this research in Spanish, and not only are we typing it, but we're translating it too, you know? Yeah. So some words are a little hard. And in my case right now, she was forcejando with him, which is like resisting. But I had to define what forcejar means to be able to even tell y'all that it was like resisting. <laughs> right. She was struggling um, with. Good job, though. Good job. Good job. <laughs> So she's like fighting back with him, like, no, like, who the fuck are you? What are you doing in my house? And then at one point, she's able to get up to his face because the intruders had like a full blown ski mask on. Like, hmm. the, the one that's like only your eyes and your mouth are like visible. So she's able to, to get up to his face and like move the mask and scratch him on the cheek. At that moment, he's like, He's thinking to himself, like, damn, she's seen me because he immediately leaves the room. Mm-hmm. Right after that, a second perpetrator comes in the room. This time, it's a woman. She's also wearing a ski mask. She, like, charges across the room, which is really, like, two, three steps because it's a small house and the room is so tiny. Mm-hmm. So she, Yvonne has zero time to try to do anything because in two steps, this women perpetrators right there on her, beating her, punching her. And initially, um, the women 
that the woman she starts telling Yvonne, we want the money we want the money but Yvonne she worked in security so she was trained to like sustain a little bit of intimidation a little bit of interrogation and she was not giving in whatever money they were talking about because she had no idea what money they were talking about she's not wealthy she was not in politics she did not even have comfortable money for them to even try to come after her for any kind of money so she's like um i don't know what they're talking about she's persistent and then the woman says either you let us do what we need to do or your kids will pay and that's a quote and so immediately yvonne's like okay she like stops resisting and immediately they tie her up with tape both at the wrist and her ankles and just leave her there on the floor bound. She she's panicking, um, like panicking, obviously, not knowing like why this is happening, and thinking of her son, like he's there in the room, and obviously they are now going to maybe do something to him for this money. Um, poor little. And again, guys, like he's eleven months old. There's nothing he can do for himself. He poor little guy you know so so while she's laying there on the floor she tells in the interview that she did for El Rastro with Alejandra Rodriguez that she felt like she was losing the battle like she literally says as if she was fading away and then she says I just prayed and asked God to not take me just yet because my son was in danger She's laying there on the floor, and this whole entire time that she's praying, she she just hears Luis Santiago crying and screaming at the top of his lungs out in the living room. This, like, when I was doing the research off, that part when Yvonne told that was, you can tell she was reliving that in that yeah. exact moment because yeah. she got super emotional and she was crying again. And and it kind of put me physically there, like imagining that happening, and it was it was really real deep moment. Poor poor little Yvonne. Yeah, I couldn't imagine going through something like that. Mm-mm. Right, like you're just trying to get your sleep, and then here these two intruders go, and you have no idea what they're even trying to claim of you because it's obviously not like you're living any type of life to tip people off. Correct. Right. You know, she's just minding her business. Right. She did nothing but go to work, take care of her kids, <clears throat> live her life. So immediately, though, um, Yvonne's instincts kick in. She she decides to like stop moving and act as if there was really something wrong with her, as if she was already dead. And the very second that she's fully quiet and completely still, she realizes that Luis Santiago is not crying anymore. She doesn't oh, hear him. When she is finally able to get up from the floor, now she's all beat up. She's still tied at the hand, at the wrists, and at her ankles with the tape. She manages to break out of the room and into the living room. When she, now at this point, the, the intruders are already gone, but she's just trying to like come after them or call for help. So when she makes it to the living room, she notices that the front door was locked. But y'all, it was not only locked, like they put a lock on the inside, on the outside of the door. So she can't even do nothing. She couldn't get out. She couldn't call for help. 
But you know what? Yvonne is a mom who's not giving up. And on the side of the, by the corner of the room, there's a couch that's blocking a door. And she, like, thinks on her feet right away that she can get through that door that has another door to the outside that's going to be able to let her go to the front of the house. So, still tied up. She manages to move the couch, get in the door, go out to the front of the house, and makes it finally to where she's now at the house and she can continue to on you know try to get some help but here's two things that the perpetrators kidnappers let's begin calling them kidnappers because they just took this kid um the kidnappers did to Iran when she was still in the room they covered her face with the sheet so although inside the house she could see a little bit through the sheet because of the lights mm-hmm. when she made it to outside she couldn't see anything. It was dark. At this point, it's like 8.30 at night. And this, and Chia, I'm guessing it's this obviously little town where there's not many, many streetlights. And the ones that are like the yellow, I, you know, it's just hard to see. It's just hard right. for her to see. On top of that, they had put tape on her mouth. So she couldn't even scream for help. She couldn't yell. She couldn't do nothing. But she said, you know what? I'm still not giving up. <laughs> so she made it to the gate. But what they had done is they had put like rocks or whatever the fuck they had put there to block the gate. She had to move all of that out of the way because that gate led to a hallway and that hallway finally led to like the dirt road where she could try to not run to like the neighbor's house for help. So she finally is able to do that. And when she gets out, to the road she she's like still not able to scream she's not able to to really see much but finally there is one sight of relief and of help and here comes this her neighbor's son down the road running to her to help her okay. yes for the little hero shout out little man yeah, because she needs your help. Like, Yvonne is a whole luchadora. Like, she did all of that. And because my son's in danger, I need to get help. Right. Facts. So, they called the police. So, now it's about 10 p.m. The police finally arrived. And when I was doing my research, I was like, damn, why did it take so long for the police to get there? But, you know... It's it's probably super far. Um, so they have already lost an hour, though, from oh. the time Luis Santiago was na- uh, kidnapped to the time the police make it there. But they immediately begin processing the scene. So in one of the back corners of the house, they find a set of footprints that trail across the grass all the way to a thicket, which means a bunch of bushes. I had her look at a word up. <laughs> <laughs> right. Because oh. I was like, what? I was like, huh? <laughs> I was about to Google sound, it. <laughs> I'm trying to sound all professional and shit. A thicket of bushes. <laughs> <laughs> I can't look too. <laughs> um, so in those bushes that are in the back side of the property, they find their first clue of the night. They find 
one tiny dark blue baby sock stuck in the bushes. Mm. And that's the one clue that they have to go off of until right before the investigators were done processing the scene another neighborhood I don't honestly I'm saying another but that was not clear and nothing that I read so it could be another could be the same but a neighborhood kid comes and tells the police that when he had noticed a taxi circling around the property Mm. at the same time Mm. that the incident happened it was the father. Mm-hmm. We're going to get to it. <laughs> We're going to get to it. So that I, night, you... <laughs> what? Let me know. I found it suspicious that he came around. You, I did you not like that, not one bit. Mm-hmm. And you're not going to like it even more later. Just wait. Just wait. So mm-hmm. later that night, he runs in the hospital. She's getting checked out for her injuries. And here comes Orlando Pelayo. And he's all like worried, and you know, Yvonne says in the interview that he was the the emotions that he was given and his reactions were like so genuine for someone who was so worried and so like sad that his son is gone and that his girl, other woman wife, is beat up in a hospital. So like, girl, other woman wife. <laughs> 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 those are the vibes that Yvonne said he came to the hospital with so you know pobrecito, you would think mm. 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 the mm. case is then quickly handed off to the GAULA which is like an acronym for essentially a group for the National Police in Colombia um, they proceed to they, they tap Yvonne's phone believing that Luis Santiago was kidnapped for extortion and that the call will soon come from the criminals asking for their money. But the call never comes. And two and three days pass and there's still no call. Oh my God. No ransom demand. Nothing. No call, no ransom demand. So as the days pass without a call, Yvonne and her family are staggering. Like, of course they are. Just sitting around waiting for any good news that would come in uh, relation to little baby Luis Santiago's disappearance. And throughout this whole time, Pelayo has been by her side, you know, being this supportive father, checking and checking in on her. There's even this footage that I saw when I was doing the research of like this vigil, yeah, um, that like the neighborhood did for Luis Santiago, and he's there holding her hand telling the camera, like, por favor, give me back my son. This hmm. whole worried father act. Yeah. It's giving wow. me, what is that guy's name that killed his wife here that's, like, super famous? And the wife was pregnant. And the, the first oh, Scott Peterson? The wife. Yeah, he's giving me Peterson vibes. Uh-huh. I don't like that. Scott Peterson, yes, I don't know that story. So authorities quickly sketch a drawing of the male kidnapper using Yvonne's pens- testimony that she gave initially, and they distributed it to every police station in Chia and Bogota. So 
as you saw, obviously on the map, that's just that big general area. Area, correct. Mm -hmm. But quickly, it becomes national news. I mean, the newspaper, multiple news stations are running the case. Neighbors are canvassing the streets with flyers. The flyer that the Gaula made and pictures of the baby. Even marches were organized. And from these, both Ivan and Pelayo would plead to please have their baby back. Please, please, please give me our baby back. Yeah. Still not getting much to go on. Authorities intensified their efforts. And Presidente Uribe, at the time, um, he put a 20 million pesos reward, which that's about $5,000, yeah. um, for any information that would lead to the whereabouts of the missing baby. This obviously skyrocketed the amount of calls that came in from individuals who claimed they had information. Mm -hmm. Um, but many of the calls will come in with very little value to, to them, and many more were followed, but only led to dead ends. That is, until one particular call comes in three days after the 11-month-old baby disappeared. On September 27th, an anonymous caller tells authorities he had been approached by a man attempting to negotiate the kidnapping of a child. The caller says he rejected the offer, but he's like, I remember details very well from this. And he tells authorities that the person asking him to do the kidnapping was a taxi cab driver. Hmm. Interesting. Mm -hmm. That's what the investigators thought, because they were able to obviously cross-check that tip with the tip the little kid gave them that night about the circling cab. So, as soon like, faster than you can even think that they moved they traced the call to find where it came from like who's this mysterious tipster so that they can get more information from him while the police is doing that whole research uh, or like you know trying to trace the call and find a caller Yvonne says that she noticed that Pelayo started acting a little different a little strange like for example his phone would ring but he wouldn't answer if they were together so the massive search continued on like the whole country is looking for little Luis Santiago and five days after the anonymous tip called in he was finally located in Chia his name is Julian Andres Hernandez and I'm going to read verbatim translated what his testimony was that, when, that he gave to authorities quote he asked me if I knew anyone who could snatch a child from his house. But when they took him, he didn't want to see him alive. He wanted them to throw him in the river or that they would throw him in a bag. He didn't want them to leave him anywhere else because the news could find him or they could probably put up a reward. And then he gets a little bit more specific. And he says, that was about four months ago. It was El Señor Orlando Pelayo. <gasps> Oh, so he knew his name. Yes. <gasps> what? Yo. Oh, oh my God. Wild. That's so fucking wild. Oh, I, I told you that motherfucker was suspicious. Que mal parido. Exactly. Mm -hmm. 
like you little son of a bitch. How dare what you is your son. For real, dude. Like, for that, I just don't come around, bro. Yeah, like, what the fuck? You were better off not like, coming around. Right, like, she wasn't asking you for anything. At all. Exactly. Exactly. So was there ever a motive found? Yes, and I will tell you that in the end. Okay. Oh, yes, so, do. This, conf- this testimony confession from the caller was obviously very alarming because it left authorities just perplexed. Could Palaya really mastermind his own son's kidnapping? And if so, why? Jen, I want to know why. So I'm going to tell y'all why. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> Let us know. Not just yet, though. Um, they immediately, though, go after Pelayo and they get him down in front of the prosecutor so that they can question him. Uh-huh. Initially, he denies any involvement in his child's disappearance. Of course he did. Yeah, like, you know. Mm-hmm. But the police weren't too satisfied because he started to give them conflicting information. So they keep him in custody for a second interrogation. During that second interrogation, he ends up admitting that he was involved in the kidnapping of his 11-month-old son. He asked for a lawyer, and then Victor Gonzalez is appointed to the case. To Victor, Pelayo confessed that he, in fact, did pay two people to kidnap his son. Oh, my God. That little son of a... I just can't believe him. So, although he confessed to being involved in the taking of the baby, he's like, you know... I did pay somebody to kidnap my child, but I don't know where he's at. Of course he does. The only, the only people who would know are the two people I paid to kidnap my child. And who are they? So they end up to be in these two famously, not famously, but like well-known criminals in Chia. Like it's, the town is only so big. There's only 138,000 people, which that might not seem like a lot, but if we're comparing population to like for example, Bogota. Bogota has 7.4 million people Mm-mm. just yeah, in that town. city. So Chia with 138,000, it's a little town, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, sorry. I got to find my place back in my name. Where was I? Oh, oh. Sorry, you guys. Okay, here we go. So there were Marta Garzon and Jorge Oages. Hmm. There were a couple, and Pelayo tells the police that he offered them 500 mil pesos. You guys, that's a hundred and twenty-seven dollars. That's crazy. No way, And twenty-seven dollars. And I'm gonna quickly shout out my cousin because I had a verified with her that this was right because I couldn't believe that this man really said that he offered. The kidnappers, one hundred and twenty-seven dollars. That's wild. No, yeah, that's that's go go to hell. Yeah, that's where you belong. That's where you belong. I mean, technically, you shouldn't pay anybody or whatever for your child, like kids or persons, but that nothing. That's just fucking. But one twenty-seven. Yeah, like come on. Wow. So essentially, what I'm trying to say is you. We already know that you don't care for your child, but you're not saying it. He means nothing to you. Nothing. So the police, for, after you know he finally comes up and confesses this, the police force him to call the woman, Marta, and ask her where the child is. So she answers. They quickly trace her call 
and they rush over to the location. But when the police arrived, luckily they not only find her, but they also find the boyfriend, Jorge, her little piece of shit partner in crime. Mm-hmm. And what's on his face? The big old scratch Yvonne had left him. Yeah. So they got the right people. So they found them, yeah. Mm-hmm. But you know what they don't find? They oh, don't boy, find David Luis Santiago. Oh. He's not there. And they won't say, they're not talking at this point. They're just like, remain in silence. So they were arrested and they were immediately brought in front of a judge in Bogota. Um, and they pled guilty to the kidnapping to the kidnapping charges. This all happened on the sixth day of baby Luis Santiago being missing. So I'm kind of going to go a little bit forward because later we all know that uh, the two kidnappers obviously go to jail because they're confessing, they're pleading guilty. And so a couple of years later, Jorge, the, the actual male intruder kidnapper, did an interview for the lady doing El Rastro, and he actually details how it all went down on his side of the incidents. So really quickly, I'm just going to go over them, because this is how you find out that, like, Palaya really is just out here feeding all these lies to everyone to cover his own ass. Um, so the, the criminals originally thought that Orlando wanted the kids taken simply because uh, it was a child support like situation. Palayo okay, them- but either mm-hmm. way, like, bro, don't go right. kidnapping nobody's son. Let yeah. the authorities deal with that. These are the criminals. Fuck is wrong with people, you know. I know, but I feel like when they're saying it, that they just thought it was a child, like a child service, a child thing case. They're trying to like minimize what they did, and I'm just oh, like, yeah. absolutely, no, it's still mm. wrong. It is, yeah, right? Like, okay, right. Yeah. So, Pelayo offers them, uh, Jorge says that Pelayo offers them 14 million pesos, so like $3,500, which we know he he doesn't have this, or now here's conflicting information because you just told investigators you only offer 500, but you know, you're feeding Mm -hmm. lies to these people. It, they settle. They settle it, right? So the the criminals were like, "Yeah, we'll do it." They get together about three times prior to the day of the kidnapping to quote work out the kinks. Then the day of, Pelayo facilitates everything for them and takes them to Ivan's house in his own taxi, as we already know. Oh Lord! Oh, shows hello. them, yeah, shows them how to break in, how to get out. And waits around to be their getaway ride. Oh my uh, God. Hence, the little kids seeing the taxi mm-hmm. circling around the property. Um, when they get in a car, obviously, Pelayo's like, don't tell anyone anything. And so they're like, yeah, yeah, we're not going to say nothing. So they go home. The two criminals go home. <gasps> and so he killed his son. Jorge says that's the last time he saw Luis Santiago. Oh my gosh. When this whole thing blows over and the news of the disappearance are in the news, that's when Jorge realizes that Palayo is the father of the child that he just handed off to him. And which he was confused because, you know, what Palayo had told him was that 
if they did good in this job, the jefe was going to give them more jobs. So Pelayo played it out to yeah. where he's the middle person. He was the middleman. Mm-hmm. Wow. So y'all see how like fucked up this man is? Right. Pulling right. all the like, this whole sir. shit so in like planned out in such a weird way though. Like I mean, it's but kind then of... he's on national TV. Gerando. Oh, yeah. Niño, please exactly. bring him back to me. Shut up, you. I told you he gave me Scott Peter- Peterson vibe. Mm. So yeah, because it's the same shit he did. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, so now we're we're, kind of winding out here and getting to the good, good, delicious end part of the story. So because of Jorge's confession telling, like, the whole side of how everything happened, they grilled Pelayo for more information about the baby and the whereabouts. And finally, on September 30th, whoop, whoop, that's my birthday, y'all. Hey, hey. Um, (laughs) Which I guess. Big birthday box. Yes, dirty thirty coming up. Um, on September thirtieth, that was the seventh day that of the adoption. So seven days go by, we still can't find the body or the not just the body, but where is he? You know, and right. he finally, finally admits to being the last one to have seen Luis Santiago, but. You know, we by this point, y'all already know the kind of games this man is playing. Right. But he tells police that he dumped the body off out of the car, off the side of a hill. Jesus Christ! Oh, what a piece of shit! I mean, police. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <sighs> Everything. Yeah, I told y'all this. This is not easy to do all this because this man had me ready to. Punch the computer screen a couple of times. Yo, I cannot <laughs> right now. My butt is boiling. <laughs> so the police rushes over to the cerro, uh, the hill, where Pelayo says that he dumped the body. The police didn't know, though, whether they were going to find him dead or alive because Pelayo tells them that he didn't even know himself whether he was dead or alive the time at the moment he dumped him out of the car off the side of the hill. Like, sir. Sir. What the hell? Four hours. Go ahead. I just, I can't, dude. It's like, I want to say stuff. I have questions, but, like, this (laughs) don't even come out. I can't. This Mm. case just got me distraught. Girl, listen. So, four hours go by, and now they're, like, off the side of this hill. They're doing, like, they're sweeping the whole zone with, like, toda la policia. Four hours later, finally, an officer notices this white bag ahead of him. Uh, um, so he, he approaches to it and looks inside, and he finds what, like, he looks in there, and he sees what appears to be, like, a blanket, you know? Um, hold on, I'm about to drop this picture on there for y'all. Because, oh to God. be honest, I got so into this case. I forgot to tell you how to keep scrolling. So, yeah, I can go ahead <laughs> and scroll a little bit. Yeah, because mm. that was just a, the one picture you missed is of when she's beat up and she's just crying and asking for her baby. So, if you give me a second, because I'm going to have you guys refresh that so that these pictures pop up. Um, 
Okay, warning though, and this is a warning for you guys, Osa and Jen, and a warning for our listeners. When you do see these pictures, they will not be the best. They're a little explicit, but we're talking crime, and I'm just showing you guys what it is that they found. And unfortunately, kids do get killed. Yeah. Okay, so if you guys go refresh. I think these are the worst crimes, too, like. I mean, crime overall sucks. Don't get me wrong. You know, I'm not trying to say one or the other is better, but I think it's worse when children are the victim because it's like they're kids. They're, they're okay. not involved for anything. Exactly. So um, he sees the white bag that I just dropped on there for you. So the first one's going to be that, that white bag picture that I'm talking about. I don't see a white bag picture. I don't see anything. Uh-oh. Big uh-oh. Last thing I see is El Colombiano Muerte de Santiago. Okay, you might have to like refresh or go on and come back in. I did refresh. Sorry. Excuse me. Refrescar. Let's see. Refrescar. Okay. Okay. No, nothing here. No. Okay, I'll show you that later. I'll show you. So he finds it in the regular group chat. It's on the computer. I'll show you guys. It's okay. Oh, got it. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the police officer that's, you know, canvassing or doing the search, the ground search, he comes across this white bag and he looks in and sees what appears to be a blanket. But once he actually gets the content of the bag out, he is terrified when what actually comes out of the bag, it's the super cold pretty much frozen, lifeless body of baby Luis Santiago. Aww. Oh yeah. my god. Yeah. I feel like that has to be so hard. Like, I feel like, I mean, yeah, some police officers are not, you know, great, but they do see crazy shit like that all the time. Like, that's true. That's, especially, like, a kid. Like, well, I remember when I was in school, I was in school for criminal justice once at a time, and my professor, he was uh, in high school, he was a a retired police officer and a lot of people, obviously we were in that class because we wanted to be, become police officers, which <laughs> thank God I didn't. Anyways, um, he was <laughs> like, if you guys are not ready to see a baby um, burnt because his parents put him in the microwave, you don't need to be cops. And I was, that was when I was like, oh yeah, nope, not for me. I mean, do what I do. Anything no, yeah. Else. It it can't like, get because I go ahead. No, I was gonna agree with you. I'm saying it can't get pretty gruesome. And I would literally tell you right now what that was for the officer after you finish your thought. Yeah, and like I um I went on one ride along one time because of one of my classes and I saw a dead body, but it was an older person, like they died because um I, it was a heart attack. They were homeless, and then they just pretty much got a heart attack, and they were on the floor. So they were waiting to be picked up, and um, the police officer that I was with went to the scene, and I saw him. But I feel like it wasn't a baby. Like, I, you know, it sucks that he died, but it was kind of like natural causes and, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. But, you know, a baby, or I, well, he, so he was a baby. A baby has to be hard, like, oh, the videos are up. Uh, the pictures are up. I just. I was it. just gonna say 
I I'm letting you finish your <laughs> you guys, I'm telling you, we're working on this. I have pasted it to the room document. Oh, so it's okay. Makes don't, sense. Oh my god, I'm scared. Do, do the first two pictures. First two, the white bag, and then obviously there is that. And if you go to the last page, that's gonna this be... is fucking terrible, dude. Yeah, so let me quickly tell you at that moment, though, when the police officer does get the dump oh the bag God. out, and you guys, they're looking at this picture. I'm telling you, it's really, it's really graphic. But that, I'm t- I want to tell you what that police officer felt because in the interview, like the, the lead investigator describes it, and he says he immediately scrammed, started crying, and just fell to his feet because it was just too much for him at that, like. Like, also say, you know, you, as a police officer, an investigator, someone in the law, you kind of know what you're kind of signing up for. But, like, when it's happening and it's there and it's just a baby. Yeah. He, he, it was just too emotional for him. Um, so they find that, they find Luis Santiago's body in, in the bag. And not only is it frozen cold, but he, it's bent backwards. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Um, It's bent backwards pretty much like a U-shape, as you guys see. And can you guys tell me exactly, Osa, that it was what I was going to ask. Can you tell me what's missing in there? This tiny, poor little sock that was, you know, left behind in the bushes the night that we were taken. Mm-hmm. I cannot. Yeah. So the medical examiner determines that the cause of death was asphyxiation, obviously from being in that bag. Um, he can tell that he was not strangled, but just being, you know, deprived from air in the bag with the blanket, it's what killed him. And then because of the high elevation and how cold it gets, only seven days had him frozen. Pretty much the the way that the investigator says it, I quote, it was like he was mummified in a wow. way. Wow. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. Holy the crap. Hell? I am just I cannot um, no, that, I'm, was, that was harsh. That yeah. was intense. So I got the why and I'm gonna tell y'all how this whole sentence went and then I'm closing and we're telling you. So the why. This is why, this is why this desperado, you know, SOB, worthless piece of shit man killed his son. He felt that Luis Santiago was an obstacle in his life. And he was the reason why he was having problems with his wife and with Yvonne. Um, No, sir. You cheating and having another woman is the reason why the fuck. You're having problems with your wife and Yvonne. Bro. Exactly. Exactly. Are you you being an absentee father and then wanting to be in the child's life is why you're probably having even more issues with your wife and Yvonne. Like, please, please tell me they castrated this man. Oh, yeah. So sentencing. So the judge finds them all three guilty. Of course, we know that. Marta and Jorge get 27 years. Pelayo gets 55 in some places I read he got 60, some he got 55. Another article in Columbia Report said that he got 
58 years and nine months. Either way, this man's gone. Like he's in jail, in prison for good. And the only reason why he didn't get either life or death is because in Colombia, there is no cadena perpuesta. Like there's no life and there's no death either. So yes. is it a fault? <clears throat> But right now though, there is a group that actually has been fighting this particular uh, topic, this particular situation for years. Like they've been fighting this before Luis Santiago. Because of Luis Santiago's case, they were pushing it more. Like it gave them a push to try to get this, um, uh, this lay, this law approved that pretty much says, okay, we don't have um, a life or we don't have death. In, but let's make the exception when it includes killing and abusing children. Right. So that's what that group is really fighting for right now. And mm. I really hope that. Where Congress... do I sign up? <laughs> yeah. Where do I support? What? Can I donate? Because what do they need? need? Yeah. I would donate a million pesos, which is $300. They're doing. Ah, I look at you. Yeah. I know my Colombian currency. Because <laughs> oh. when I go get my body done, I need to know how to <laughs> not get scammed. Oh. <laughs> oh my God. She ready, ready. <laughs> But good, good oh, thing, I... the good thing, though, I would say, um, just now, like, as of May 2020, um, they have the, the little law that they need to cover this nasty criminals has passed, it has passed five out of the eight, and in the Spanish research, it said debates, which it's a debate, but I don't really know the legality of it, but it's passed five of the eight. And it's still doing really good in Congress. So I'm crossing my fingers that obviously we get all eight of them passed and approved so that this becomes a law in Colombia because I fully stand behind it and it's needed. And that year in 2008, 13 babies were killed by September wow. 30th. See, that's why, like, when people, even here, like, a lot of people are like, oh, they're against the death penalty because of wrongful convictions. But the, there's a lot of, like, straightforward cases, like this one. This is a straightforward-ass case. Like, why can't we kill him? Yeah. What's the purpose of that mean being alive? Yep, agreed. He killed his own son. Agreed. Like, you know, and a lot of people, they're like, oh, that's. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I've never listened to like the the po the like the contrary argument to the death penalty because I feel like those people are like really good people and I'm not that good of a person. <laughs> so I feel like like some like, people like, do oh, deserve like, it. I'm sorry. Like, exactly. Like okay, Pearl is it Fernandez or Hernandez? Oh yeah, Hernandez. Fernandez with the F that you know killed her son Gabriel, bro. Why is she alive? Why Yo. am I tax paying for yeah. her to eat three meals a day? Mm -hmm. I'd like to fucking know. And I'm, you know, sorry. If I didn't, if I didn't have like much to be out here for, I dead ass would go and have you guys ever watched Prison Break? How he just shot uh, yep. in the air. Yeah, I do that whole shit so... just to be in prison with her and beat her ass every day <laughs> until my sentence is done. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Because I why agree. Why am I being in prison for shooting the gun at the air with the same person that killed her son? 
Bitch, there's, there's I just... will beat her ass every single day I agree. of the week. I agree. There's just certain crimes, bro, that you just can't, you, you can't handle like a regular situation. And I would say child abuse, neglect, and those types of things. Anything with children primarily is one of those. Especially like, bro, you're killing your own kid. Like, facts. I'm not saying I could see how you could kill somebody else's kid, but I think like maybe it's easier. I don't see how people hurt kids at all, but like because you kind of didn't have him or it didn't, you know, that's not your child. Yeah. You could like, you know, be a little more violent to somebody who has no relation to you. Right. Whereas like, bro, your child, like mm-hmm. you're the one that brought him into this world. Mm-hmm. Like, Willingly, like you knew what we were doing, you were having a second life, and you guys, I'm close in this case with this right here, y'all. I just was whoa. So, after all of this happened, all of this happened, all of this happened to Yvonne, she finds out that she's pregnant. And who is by the him? Pelayo is the father. Oh, oh my god. god. Mm-hmm. so like he wasn't even trying to oh my god mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so it's not like he wasn't trying to have a side woman anymore it right. was, he wasn't trying to be a father like right. he wanted the and I quote good life have a wife at home and then you know have a side little piece and then no responsibility to his side like bro yeah just oh have god, all the cakes so eat them all and live a good life driving his taxi cab around like no sir that's not how life is and you are where you need to be they have him in this obviously supermax prison and he's gonna rot in there for the rest of his life as he fucking should should be killed is my case y'all great case great good job this is a good case good case yes that case and actually like i know that's not the point but it got me feeling a little um self-conscious about my case because I didn't give a lot of names out <laughs> that I had. I was just like, the mom, the dad, the stepdad, <laughs> the son. It's okay. It, things, things we can work out every right, right. episode. So, for sure. For sure. Yeah. crazy. So, yeah, I would have the graphics up for this so you guys can see everything on our IG, which is Las Chicas del Crime. That's it. Las Chicas del Crime. <laughs> That's our That's IG. Correct. That's also um, our Facebook. If y'all want to mm-hmm. follow us on Facebook, and our Twitter is a little bit different. Our Twitter is Chicas del Crime. They wouldn't allow me to do Las Chicas del Crime because it's too many characters. So that's Chicas del Crime. C H I C A S D E L C R I M E. That's right. So follow us there. Send us a Gmail. That's not hate at lasticasdelcrime.com. No, lasticasdelcrime at gmail.com. <laughs> yeah, obviously I don't under I don't know how email works. No at um but yeah, yeah follow us, us everywhere. Yeah, follow us. Let us know what you think of the cases that we're gonna bring to you. And give us some feedback. We appreciate give it. Us some feedback. Give us some cases that you want us to cover that um preferably cases that did not happen in the United States or that are surrounded Hispanic communities, Hispanic people, mm-hmm. because a lot of um unfortunately they don't get 
well, first of all, they don't even get as much media, one. Mm-hmm. And two, the little media that they do get, unfortunately, they don't get um, researched by other people. Right. So, yeah, they don't get a lot of exposure. And that's what we're here for. Yeah, so we're bringing that that's to what the we're table. here for. For sure. Send us those suggestions if you have any. Um, pretty much again, like she also said, whether in Latin America or in the US that are Hispanic related, and we appreciate it. Let us and know. We're gonna catch you on the next episode. Gracias for listening. Thank you for listening to Las Chicas del Crime. We hope you join us next time for another episode full of crime and cheese. Follow us on all social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, which will be listed in the description of the episode. Please rate and review as this helps us build a bigger audience. Gracias.